itself I find completely terrifying, but sharks for some reason really press a nerve. So we're going to talk about six shark movies and I think you're in for a treat. As usual, go into it expecting there to be spoilers for the six films being discussed and go in expecting to hear frequent coarse language. I'm sorry. Thank you for listening to Rankin Review. Please check out the website at rankinreview.ca. Please send feedback to rankinreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and do me a favor, tell a friend, and stay out of the ocean. Sharks. Sharks. This is highly personal to me, and we haven't done sharks in a long time. I believe yeah. the 20th episode of this podcast was dedicated to sharks. Our mutual friend Charlene Roach was on that episode. Was it early? That was it that early? I thought yeah. there was one recently. Not just a d- d- dedicated to sharks. We've talked about movies that have sharks in them from yeah. time to time. But, but a whole episode. As, we did a whole episode of Water Monsters with uh, with Matt Risling, where we talked about like Piranha and Deep Rising and uh, <laughs> Deep Star Six, which we way oversold for some reason. Yeah, but I love the fact that how you guys were defending that movie. <laughs> Uh, sharks is highly personal to me. I mean, I hear people talk about how they're terrified of bears. Yeah. And uh, at least once a year or more, if I can do it, mm-hmm. I put myself in bear territory and go mm-hmm. traipsing in the woods. A lot of the time by myself. Last summer, I actually admonished myself because I did one of my little, I'm taking off into the woods for a little while. Yeah. And I realized about maybe an hour in that I left my phone. Oh. It was just like, it was that perfect horror movie scenario. <laughs> you like, finally did a really stupid yeah, thing. The one time that I fucking break my ankle on a hike or something would yeah. be the one time that I didn't bring my phone. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, it shortened my hike when I realized that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't mind doing it. I'm more scared for my kids than I am myself as far as the wildlife. Yeah. Anything there is typically looking to eat something significantly smaller than, than it is, and I'm a pretty big fellow. Yeah. Uh, and so I can walk in the woods. And 
Bears are creepy, man. They mm-hmm. can get right up next to you and you won't hear them. For such a huge animal, they are quiet as fuck. Yeah. But still, I'll go out there, I'll sit and chill my ass out on a log in the middle of the woods and just drink yeah. it in. Yeah. No problem. I just You know what I won't do? Yeah. Fucking sit on an inner tube in the ocean anywhere. <laughs> comfortably. Mm-hmm. I, I was honored enough to be invited to your wedding in mm-hmm. Cape Town, South Africa, which mm-hmm. is one of the most highly concentrated population of great white sharks Yo. in the world. Yo. Driving distance from where you had your ceremony. Yo. And uh, I was hanging out on that beach Yo. pretty close by to where we were staying. Yo. And I went out nipple deep into the surf. Mm-hmm. And a shark would have to swim through an ocean of like legs mm-hmm. <laughs> to get to me. But that was as far as I could go. I am unreasonably terrified Mm -hmm. of sharks. Mm -hmm. Now, the question that I have to ask myself upon talking about these movies, because a lot of the movies we're going to talk about, I don't think you could say were, let's say in quotations, good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Almost all of them, even the worst of them, it seems at some point, will trigger that sort of no shark response in me. Yeah. I do not fucking like sharks. Yeah. So uh, the movies are most of the way there for me to a large degree. Yeah. Uh, So um, I'm always happy to talk about sharks and I'm thrilled to have you here with me. Uh, what would you like to say in his way of introduction for for the shark <laughs> shark attack episode? Well, well, like you, um, I am I wouldn't say quietly obsessed with sharks or have been quietly obsessed with sharks. Um, I mean, once again, this goes all the way back to Jaws. Really, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where it really started. You know, with my fascination with sharks, um, I kind of have this weird love hate relationship with them. Um, like especially good ones because it reinforces the fear that these sharks are can be dangerous dangerous animals but in reality I mean don't get me wrong shark attacks do occur and occur every single year in fact there's probably a shark fatality every single year I think that average globally is something like three to five a year fatalities to sharks however for the most part sharks like they're like fish they're just they're just fish that are instinctive creatures and are way more hunted uh, in you know, either eaten or sold for their luxuries. Like even that trailer of that They're film. They're fish uh, with a permanent grin of fucking steak knife teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying though, that Jaws and a lot of these movies in the, in the other way sort of reinforce that, uh, that, that drive to really hunt this animal. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that out of the ocean, you know, that particular fish is probably one of the most hunted, deliberately hunted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, now when I watch a shark movie, that, that thought kind of goes in the back of my head that I'm supporting that in some sort of way. That we had, That's the hate angle. At the same time, sh- a good shark movie like Shark Attacks is a terrifying terrifying thing you can't not exploit that animal for fear like you just can't not it's a terrifying animal and any kind of thing like we talked about in the water monsters episode like if you're floating in the open ocean you're in a bad situation already let alone all of the things underneath there that would happily eat you (laughs) right um I don't know. I think Jaws is responsible for cementing in sharks yeah. specifically, but really anything. I wouldn't like to be, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't like to be mauled by any kind of sea creature. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I think one primal thing that 
shark movies really that really works for them is like on land for the most part we might have a fighting chance of getting away on land a shark can be crushed by its own weight yeah they're actually useless outside of the water yeah. but they are absolutely fucking lethal yeah in the water that's the thing it, it's not really our universe or you know our playground it, yeah. it's a creature that could easily you know you know outswim us is way faster probably a lot stronger in, in a lot of ways like it, it is something that it already has the advantages when it sees you and i think that that's something that at least speaks to quote-unquote man thinking we're the most dominant species on the planet and we're sure not in the ocean yeah there's also i mean going back to the quint speech and jaws the the black eyes the doll's eyes yeah and i guess bears have that quality too where mm-hmm. their eyes are just black but it's not personal there's an indifference to sharks if you're in their domain and they're hungry they just get to eat you yeah <laughs> you know uh movies will put malice or evil intent and we can point and laugh when that happens yeah but it's just an animal doing its thing so yeah. the fact that it's not evil that there is nothing nothing to your death other than to feed that fish that day yeah just sucks you know? yeah yeah, uh, and every now and then I'll be blindsided by sharks in movies. Uh, well, we revisited a few months ago on the show, the Perfect Storm. Yeah, there's that scene where the sharks sort of get splashed onto the boat. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, this movie, The Matador, with Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he just dunks himself into a swimming pool, and they cut from that shot to a picture of a shark, mm-hmm. and it was so jarring to me, it made me lift my feet off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's something crazy. Uh, West Edmonton Mall is hosting this October, as we were talking. November. Or is it in November? Uh, a screening of Jaws in the water park, where yeah. you can float... In a, and like the the whole place is temperature controlled. The water is warm. The atmosphere is warm. You can air dry there, and not you know. Yeah. You know you're in a controlled, chlorine safe environment. Yeah. I can't help but wonder if it would still fuck with me though. <laughs> See, I kind of want to go to that screening just for that fact. <laughs> Once again, it's one of those irrational fears that you know that we're gonna you'll go home safe. Again, uh, to pay twenty five bucks too to see a movie I've seen a thousand I times is a tough sell. I know, I uh, know, but but it's like that sort of meme that was on Facebook recently where uh, it's a, a picture of an uh, under the water of a pool, you know, your general regular pool, uh, and the meme the meme tagline kind of went, uh, you know. Like if you ever thought that you had a ra- irrational fear of sharks in an underground pool, and, and the thing is. I think a lot of us have. It's you compl- joke. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, my my grandparents, when I was a kid, took care of me a lot of time in the summer, and they lived mm-hmm. in an apartment complex that had a pool in the basement. Mm-hmm. I would go be, like, they would just send me down there to swim. They trusted me, and they knew I was good in the water. Mm-hmm. But if there was nobody in the pool, I couldn't swim. There had to be another body in the pool in order for me to feel secure. <laughs> because it, it, that pool shark was coming somehow to get make you. it safer to me, you know. But if there's nobody in the pool, I guess I'm just gonna have a hot tub. Like some bond villain was gonna press a button, and some gate somewhere would open, and that shark would swim yeah. out and eat me. <laughs> it's completely crazy. I know. So I guess what I'm trying to say in this long introduction here is that. These movies may work better for me than they will for you. I think I might be a little bit more forgiving than I should be in okay. some cases. Okay. In some cases. <laughs> but, uh... uh okay. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so take this one with a grain of salt. I also wanted to mention specifically because we're talking about Meg and I don't usually talk about movies that are quite this recent. Okay. Yes, we are going to be talking spoilers for Meg. So if you've not seen Jason Statham versus the Megalodon, <laughs> uh, yeah. be warned. We'll be getting into it. Is there anything else you want to say? Should I list them off? Uh, no, no. I think we've had a very long introduction, so I think we should just get on this. All right. Well, uh, the six shark movies that we are going to talk about this episode. Oh, let's make a noise. Yep. The six shark movies we're going to talk about this episode of Rank and Review. We have Jaws the Revenge, the fourth and final of the Jaws franchise. Oof. We have the USS Indianapolis, yep. Mario Van Peebles' take on the very true and horrifying historical event in which a lot of Navy members were, were fed to sharks and drowned yep. and terrible things happened. We're going to talk about uh, Open Water 3, yep. Cage Dive. Yep. We're going to talk about The Shallows, the aforementioned Meg, and we're going to wrap it up with The Immortal, Deep Blue. See, yay! <laughs> you ate my bird. When it killed Sean, I knew with absolute certainty it had come for him. I knew that. I know it's coming. Hold on! Jake is here. I just dropped the mother load. I'm counting. Okay, so not too, too long ago, uh, our mutual friend Matthew Risling and I mm-hmm. talked incredibly... Former Rankin <laughs> Review champion. champion. <sighs> talked incredibly unfavorably about Jaws 3D. In fact, we were the, the, we were kind of foaming at the mouth about it. It was really bad, but nope. I cruelly, at the end of it, offered this, that it didn't even have the, extinct, the distinction after all of our conversation... Of being the worst Jaws movie. Because <laughs> this fucking Jaws movie exists. Yeah. Now I watched it again and it had been a long time since I'd like it done anything but maybe the quote highlight reel of Jaws 4. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not sure if I'm willing to retract my statement, but I'm now not sure which of these two is worse than the other. Rest assured, they're both fucking terrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so what we have here is a fairly earnest idea for a sequel like they want to approach this movie and they want to be i think respectful to the original movie by like uh mimicking exact scenes yeah the well the, the, the road to hell is paid with good intentions in that regard I, yeah, yeah. And direct, you know, being much more of direct to the franchise than Jaws three was. We're back yeah. with the Brady, Brody family, yeah. And uh, Lorraine, Lorraine Gary is back yep. in the lead role, and um, it's a movie that doesn't know a lot about sharks at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, from a, like a writing critique standpoint, I would just say do at least a minimal research if you're hired to write Jaws yeah. four, um, but. Largely, it's melodramatic, it's overblown, yep. it's not scary, and I hate it. 
Yeah. That's where I started <laughs> with Jaws the Revenge. Wow. Where do you start with Jaws the Revenge? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I know where it should have ended, and that's before it even started. Um, the, the, the logic in this movie is just baffling. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think the person who is truly and utterly responsible for being this massive turd of a film is actually Joseph Sargent. Yeah. To, to be perfectly honest, there's an interview uh, of him, and he talks about the making of this movie. I mean, he's talking about a lot of his projects, and it's quite fascinating to hear him because he knows he made a terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. He, he doesn't hide it. Like he, like he even like he smiled, but he's embarrassed talking about it. Going, yeah, well, I, like, I'm sure you probably want to hear about you know Jaws Revenge and and how that. Uh, didn't work um <laughs> well there's good on you i mean like a lesser filmmakers would you bowl it and say yeah. you know no i'm a genius you're the problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um he was basically given a creative and uh, financial blank check by the studios yeah they that makes they, it so much worse i know well, i know like just wait till you hear <laughs> uh, like this and, and he says he was seduced by that but even he even knew going in that this was going to be a bad movie uh, but he was just seduced, obviously, with the idea of having a complete creative control. Because this guy, he had he had his big heyday in the '60s. Like this is the guy that made the original, um, the original, the taking of Palham one, two, three. Right. Um, so before this movie, he could be called a legitimate filmmaker. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, but. Uh, he like he was the one that came up with the whole. He said, uh, "I want to have a mystic angle <laughs> with this with this movie." Look, it's the fourth in the franchise, and as far as I'm concerned, the franchise as well shat the bed. Yeah, if they wanted to try something different, which I guess I suppose you could argue they did. Yeah, I would. I could be supportive of that, but if you're making if you're making a bad shark movie, yeah, go ahead and make a bad shark movie. Just know that that's what you're doing, right? There's something so schmaltzy and feel-good and mushy about the family relations and the cute little girl and the romance between Michael Caine and Lorraine Gary, yeah. none of which we care about. And, like, if the payoff that we wait through those boring, pointless scenes through are these, like, awesome shark attack moments, yeah. there's very few scenes that could qualify as exciting in yeah. that movie. Yeah. This is not the first time, or not the last time in the podcast we're going to be talking about... Uh, Mario Van Peebles. Yep. He directed USS Indianapolis. Yeah. And he is in this movie with a frankly embarrassing accent. <laughs> Yaman! Yeah, Jamaican accent sort of reminds me of the Dave Chappelle Jamaican accent in, 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 in Half Baked. Yeah. In that it was a comment on how that wasn't a good Jamaican accent. <laughs> Why did he have to have a Jamaican? If it was that bad, if that was the best Jamaican accent he could do, can someone just say, "Look, let's just lose the accent. <laughs> You're just his buddy. It doesn't matter where he came from." Was it was really important to everybody that we hit that? Oh, like, oh, okay. Well, let's roll up our sleeves and talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever read the the uh, novel novels out? Ah, I can't talk. The novelization of this. Not of the. I've just read the. Benchley's Jaws, that's it. Okay, because in that book, <laughs> sadly I have. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyways, um, 
one of the uh, side stories involves you know why the shark is taking this thing so personally it's actually been cursed by a voodoo high priest who uh, ah. had a vendetta, some argument with the Brody family way back then. And so for his mode of revenge, he actually, you know, curses the shark. So he sicks the sharks on them. Yeah. And it, it nice. has to, like, of course, you know, slay each one or eat each, you know, the rest of the family. And that's why the shark takes it so personally. <laughs> well, in the years that have gone by, um, Sheriff Brody died of a heart attack. Yes. Or was it died the of the fear? fear of, the fear, fear killed him. The fear of the thing, yes. Um, Ooh. But they're still hanging around Amity, and uh, his younger son has become the sheriff, or yep. one of the sheriffs of the area. And uh, while trying to take care of a delinquent buoy... Yeah. Is killed by the shark. Yes. He's been waiting, biding its time all these years, waiting to get to proper kill size, I guess, to enact this revenge. And presumably, I guess, set this trap for him, knowing that it would be him sent out. Because this this is a... Because this time it's personal. Yes, it's a super personal shark. So then her other son, who wasn't at all traumatized with his shark encounter, who is now a marine biologist, which makes sense. makes total sense, yeah. And again, this is completely uh, assuming that Jaws 3 didn't happen. This movie is too good for Jaws 3. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So he says, come to the Bahamas. We have no sharks here? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's just not true. I mean, they don't typically have great whites, but I mean, there's a, a large population of sharks around the Bahamas. And great whites, as far as we know, go wherever the fuck they want. <laughs> like, yeah. But basically, you just take her to a place where there's even more ocean than Amity, <laughs> right? <laughs> to, to forget about her son being... Killed. Oh, oh! Like if you want this to make no sense, of course. Like she's, you know, getting so upset and telling them that, that uh, Michael has to quit his job as a marine bi- biologist and they're never going back in the water. The very next scene, He's they're the they're on a boat. Oh, the whole family, her yeah. included, are on this boat. You know, the, the, transporting cars. The ferry. Yeah. yeah, and like, wouldn't you be like, ah, like no, none of this movie. Has any common sense. None of it. It's always plot over character, too. Like, the fact that her son sees the shark and somehow knows it must be the same shark, that she's right, and then decides to keep that from her makes him, A, terrible, and B, so fucking stupid. (laughs) Yes. So it is personal, and it swam basically the world via the oceans to follow our family here. Yeah. And I'm going to continue to scuba dive. Like, just... Fine. Yeah. Wouldn't it be quicker to put a fucking gun in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> no, probably, yeah, probably. Well, they, like, there's even this scene in the first quarter of this film after like the younger brother has been eaten and uh, uh, Michael and his wife are having this you know somber bonding scene on the beach, and then like halfway through his monologue, he just starts to sprint away, and and she asks like, "Where are you going? Nowhere." End scene. Like, yeah. Not like even like the choices just do not make sense. <laughs> Somebody was asleep at the wheel at the studio. Either that or like L- Lorraine Gary used to be married to one of the head, like they had a production at Universal at the time that this film was being made. So maybe it was like, ah, yeah, it's just for my wife. And 
look, I hate being fucking mean like this, but <laughs> I'm going to be fucking mean like this. Yeah. Lorraine Gary was at one time sort of like a well-respected TV character actor, and she yeah. was sort of known for bringing the reality yeah. to her character. Yeah. But this, in the time between Jaws and Jaws 4, one too many people told her what a great actress she was, because... Yeah. I'm sorry. I think she actively fucking stinks up the place in this movie. Okay. And the fact that she's sharing the screen with Michael Caine doesn't help her any because Michael yeah. Caine makes everything look easy. Yeah. But famously, even he, he, he missed his, he missed receiving his Oscar for shooting this movie. And he yes, famously he said, I've never seen Jaws 4, but I have seen the house that it bought. <laughs> yeah. Another actor who clearly didn't give a fuck, but yeah. when you watch the movie, you can't tell that he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. It looks like he's giving an earnest an earnest performance in yeah. a completely shitty fucking movie. Oh, which I'm sure he's had a lot of fun in this movie, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, nice locations, the Bahamas. I mean, there's worse places to shoot a movie, yeah. and it's fun to be on the water. Yeah. The movie is, like you say, nonsense. And with the whole voodoo al- angle cut out of it, yeah. I mean, it makes less sense. But yeah. if those voodoo scenes were in the movie, yeah. the movie would be longer. And I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would just be so, like, far left field. <laughs> like, of, of all the stupid decisions made in the Jaws movies or things that we've been asked to buy, the, the, whole, the whole voodoo angle would just be way like, all of a sudden, out there. It's child's play shark. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> just like... So I, I get why they cut that side story. Um, it, it just... that That's how you got the shark to think that this was personal. Wow. Can I just say to anybody out there, because shark movies are coming into vogue these days, it seems they've yeah. been... Know, 47 meters down in the shallows both yeah. overperformed so we're going to be seeing more shark movies right yeah. Meg did quite well yes so uh, but note to anybody who's doing a shark movie okay I understand that you're going to take some artistic liberties and I understand turning the shark into a monster I will I will take you that far but sharks don't make noise <laughs> they don't growl they don't squeal when they they're injured roar. and you know what else they certainly don't do they don't fucking explode when you run into them. <laughs> yep. Like, 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 like if it, if they even did a throwback to the original Jaws and had it swallow an air canister or something, yeah. and we were to believe that it just chose that random moment to explode. Yeah. But I'm serious, in the climactic moment of this fucking movie, the prow of the ship rams into the shark as it jumps out of the water, and the shark blows up. Yeah. It explodes. Yep. Like sharks do. Yeah. <laughs> A man do you, do you is want... bitten by the shark, yeah. pulled off the boat, and then disappears from the movie for a half an hour. And then swims back up to the, the wreckage. It's and not a half an hour, but he, yeah, you, you think he's dead. He, he's suddenly okay again? Yeah. No. No. Of course... No, like, it's so on a basic level. Like everything was so obviously catastrophically off. Yeah. It's amazing that they let it to go forward. Yeah, it had to be that creative blank check that you were talking about. Yeah, nobody was keeping an eye on this. It was enough that they were making a movie called Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah. The rest was just gonna fucking take care of itself. Yeah, 
Oh my god. <laughs> I know. Do you want to hear something even worse though? What's that? If you watch that interview with Joseph Sar- Joseph Sargent, one of the things that he spends the most time on and he's, he was most worried about even in the writing process was how to, you know, kill the shark in a different way. <laughs> he they didn't he solve spent it. the he spent the most brain energy on that. How to kill the shark a way that we haven't seen before. And just yeah, in a different way. And the end result is <laughs> He did not figure out how to kill the shark. He did figure out how to kill the franchise. Yeah, he did. He really <laughs> did. It's, but what's even more mind-boggling is this movie made money. Like it cost, I think, and this is like eighty-nine. Is this movie something like that? Yeah. Yeah, like at the time. Nineteen eighty-seven. Nineteen eighty-seven. Okay, so this is the summer of RoboCop, and Full Metal Jacket. Um, yeah, just take that and take that in. Um, Anyways, I lost my point. I was in a good mid rant. Um, you know how much money this movie made? It cost about ten million dollars. It made fifty, and that's an eighty-seven. And this is just a case of the studios picking people's pockets. Yeah, they can get away the same bullshit right now with the Tremors or with the Tremors. How dare I? With the yeah. Transformers. Uh, franchise. franchise. It doesn't matter how shitty the next Transformers movie is. Yeah. as long as it makes X amount of money, whatever. Yeah. Do what you will. Yeah. But God damn. So as far as I'm concerned, Jaws is immortal. Yeah. Jaws 2 is a very, very lesser but enjoyable romp of a movie. Yeah. And then no more Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that, like, that is like sacrilegious, and this actually comes from a film in this franchise, is when they try and mimic that table scene that yeah. worked so well in the first and then they do it here like it just it just seems she like, watches her son do the same mimic game that her husband had done with him when yeah. he was a child when they're just copying their mannerisms at yeah. the supper table yeah. and it feels vaguely disrespectful it does it, it's not even like a slap to the face I would call it like a cock slap to the face yeah. and they were trying just, again that Spielberg love family thing they yeah. were going for that but it was too goofy it was, it was just disauthentic yeah and like not authentic yeah you didn't believe it and the rest of the movie was too goofy uh, no matter what ridiculous thing happened in Jaws and some ridiculous things happened in Jaws you yeah. believed it and you cared about the characters yeah. in this case I neither believed it, yeah. nor did I care about the characters. Yeah. Even more is like like the flashbacks that happen in this film, which is already just terrible, let alone the, uh, yet another dream sequence. But the fact that she remembers, you know, for an event that she wasn't even there for at the very end. To, 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 to Smile, you son, son of a, a bitch. Yeah, like, he no. must have really painted a picture when he told her the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no. <laughs> No. Um, no. Well, let's like, just keep it simple. Okay. Don't watch Jaws 4 if you haven't. Yeah. If you have, we feel your pain. <laughs> Good enough. Oh, Michael came with, Michael came without a shirt. <laughs> or, no, his shirt is not wet. Excuse me. That one too. Oh, no, it's good. Wow. Yeah. Lieutenant! We just got to call in. There's something in the water.
I keep repeating myself in the podcast world, but uh, I've been bumping into it recently. There's something about movies that are really well intentioned that when they fail, it, it kind of hurts more <laughs> to me. Yep. I think that this movie was really earnest and really well intentioned and really wanted to pay tribute to the men who, well, both lived and died yeah. on the USS Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I do believe an earnest attempt was being made to make like an grand Oscar bait epic. Okay. And I think the problem is the approach. Mm-hmm. We've all seen this movie in not this particular scenario, mm-hmm. but we've all seen this sort of, you know, heart on our sleeve war epic. It was yeah. kind of perfected by Band of Brothers in some some respects. Yeah. Um, and it kind of wants to be that. And I think what the movie is, and this might come off as disrespectful, but what I think as a fan of, you know, shark cinema and horror movies is this should be a survival horror movie. Yes. And it's an Oscar bait epic instead. Yeah. This should be a gritty, hard tale of immersive survival through a nightmare experience. Yep. And it's a bunch of really, really, you know queasily manipulative I think kind of cheesy attempts to pull at heartstrings they should not have been trying to get tears from me they should have been trying to scare me yep and I know that there are a lot of people who would disagree with that approach especially with something that happened that is true and historical yep but if you look at the reality of the story there's nothing about the scenario that isn't absolutely fucking horrifying yeah the fact that is true the aftermath of it the fact that the captain was blamed for the whole thing and eventually ended up taking his own life it this this should be a hard honest frank brutal movie yep and it's not it's not it's another war epic i i get the feeling like mario van peoples really wanted to make his war epic and he got to but Mm. you know in, it, something got lost in the translation for me um, there's a decent cast here there's good beats to the movie but there's enough that pushes back that makes some stuff that they're striving to make authentic feel inauthentic at times yeah. which is bad but worse just kills kind of the narrative stakes for me this feels like one of the hundred documentaries I've watched on this this feels like a reenactment they didn't put me there yeah they didn't put me there. Well, the aesthetics, or even just you know the the sheen of of the of the movie itself, like like how it looks for the first half of it, feels like a Hallmark movie more than anything else. Or or I even agree with that sort of aesthetic of um, those docudramas they do when they have Shark Attack episodes on Discovery. Yeah, it does feel like that, and it does cheapen. Um, what is actually a pretty terrifying story? I get why, especially you know in America, there is a it's a it's a military it would state. Feel exploitive to make yeah. this a straight horror movie. I understand it, yeah. but that's the approach I would take, honestly. Well, I think it would give them, yeah, it would give at least you know authenticity to the sheer horror that these people probably went to, and make the audience feel that. I think it would be a lot more palpable. Just the plain on the surface facts of the case yeah. are fucking terrifying. Yeah. The fact that they did had almost no shark attacks on the survivors for the first two days because yeah. the sharks were eating the dead first. Yeah. 
by itself is fucking horrifying, right? Yeah. The fact that that's that number given in Jaws, you know, it was 1193, I believe he said 1200 men went into the water and yeah. 300 came out. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. And yes, I know a lot of them died from, you know, drinking salt water or their, their residual in- injuries. But a fucking lot of them were eaten alive in front of their buddies by sharks. Yeah. Yeah. And while you're floating in there, night and day, all you can do is watch your buddy every few minutes getting attacked by a shark yeah. and take relief that his screams aren't yours. Yeah. This is a fucking horror movie, goddammit. Yep. This is not this opulent Oscar piece, and they missed, they missed their opportunity. I've seen this movie. This movie's closer to Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I was thinking of that actually. Right then, then, then it really wants to be. Yeah, and that sucks because I don't think they intended to make Pearl Harbor, but I think they kind of made Pearl Harbor with sharks. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I I think this movie is actually worse than Pearl Harbor. <laughs> There's at least you know some air of quality that that Pearl Harbor Pearl Harbor at least has yeah. where this. It does feel cheap. It's a, a although it is like a fifty million dollar movie, so they had the budget for for some things. I will say this though: when they finally do get to the shark attacks, the movie does have some heat. It does have something to it. There's, there was a couple of points where I'm like, ah, yes. ah, at, at the scenario. So honestly, if they would have started by the, with the boat sinking, yes, um, I think they would have had something there. Uh, and that's why I can't quite condemn this movie. I can I can see where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but as soon as they do hit the water, and we essentially have the story threads played out of all the characters we got to know in the first you know hour of this movie, whether we care for them or not. Yeah. Uh, and it's there's some terrifying things to it. Even the Tom Sizemore's death. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty awful. But. Even things that were true scenarios feel like Hollywood cliches. Yeah. And that is unfortunate enough. And that's an execution problem. But then they put legit Hollywood cliches. I think the moment I started actively disliking the movie was the pianist montage where he was pretending to play the piano on his little life raft while all the sharks were swimming around him. And the score slowed down and everything became like this... The music was beautiful, but the imagery was horrifying, like Oscar bait clip. Yeah. It was just so cheesy and so wrong-footed. And the scene before this was terrifying. Yeah. And now you've completely taken me out of it. We should have been in the water with those guys at surface level. You know, when that chaplain ends up drowning, it should have been fucking heartbreaking, right? Yeah. But it just, it doesn't play. Yeah. It doesn't play. What works is the visceral shark bullshit. Like, uh, the the horror movie stuff works with me because, as I said in the introduction, that stuff scares me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, again, stuff from the true story. Like, uh, strangely, the captain was drifted apart from the largest group of the floating men. Yeah. And he and, like, a handful of guys were just together. And as far as he knew, (laughs) the crew were dead for the longest time. Mm -hmm. A huge shark circled them for so long that they got used to it. <laughs> wow. And that actually happened, right? So, yeah. like, uh, 
why wouldn't she <laughs> exploit this, right? Yeah. Uh, the whole debate historically about, you know, uh, was he following his orders? He's supposed to sort of go in an inconsistent exact. pattern yeah. or an inconsistent pattern to avoid being tracked. But he was also told to deliver the goods as quickly and readily as possible. Yeah. You don't do that during zigzags. And then this movie adds this other wrinkle of the man torpedoes that were used at the time, but was never a part of the historical argument. His case was, he said, he was told to deliver the goods with all due expediency. Mm-hmm. That meant, you know, not zigzagging, right? Yeah. Um, but either way, you know, it's an epic tragedy that, that, like, he lived through all of that, then spent his life in a series of lawsuits and, uh, you know, fighting just to stay in the military, not be dishonorably discharged or even imprisoned. Yeah. And at the end of it, being so chewed up by it that he takes his own life to be exonerated by Bill Clinton five months later. Yeah. Right? Uh, All of that is horrifying. Yeah. So I go back to where I started. Just let it be a horror movie. They were so... They were so busy trying to be respectful and, like, be this, you know, tribute that they forgot to engage the audience emotionally in any other way. And, uh, no. I think... I think, like, the opening... They were going for a tragedy angle in a lot of ways but like the opening of, of Saving Private Ryan I yeah. get that if the whole movie was that that you'd be worn out by it and it would be it just almost too much but that almost too much approach is what this story deserves yeah a, like a thousand dudes dying this miserable death floating in the middle of the ocean not knowing if they're going to get rescued or not and uh, all of this in the service to deliver the component parts to the bomb that was eventually dropped on Hiroshima. Yeah. Like, if it was written in a novel that was fiction, people would have said it's a little fucking much. Yeah. But all of it happened, and it deserves a better goddamn movie. It kind of really does. And what is Thomas Jane doing in this movie? He has such a small role, but, like, with the, arguably is probably a bigger pull now than Nicolas Cage is even, and... Well, and I got the feeling like Nicolas Cage and Mario Van, uh, Van Peoples were buds. They've known each other for a long time, and I feel like a favor was called in. And uh, Nick Cage is Nick Cage is Nick Cage. He does so many movies yeah. that he just can't give a shit about all of them. Yeah. And sometimes he digs in and gives a performance, and sometimes he reads the lines. I get, uh, and this one scene, there are scenes where I see him trying harder. Yeah. But overall, it's not anywhere near top-tier Nicolas Cage yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny, I was actually listening to someone who, because he filmed a, Saskatch- a movie in, in Saskatchewan here recently, mm-hmm. um, and he does come, you know, this, the one actor said, you know, he came like very, very prepared and knew all of the lines, not just his. Right. So I just get the sense that he treats his craft quite passionately and and is you know, consistent in it. So, I don't know. I don't well, know. there's like the manic, crazy Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there's the sort of serious, stoic, hard Nick Cage. Yeah. And then there's just ghosty Nick Cage, who's just not yeah. neither here nor there. Um, I think that, it, interestingly, in this film, he kind of plays the field a little bit, but it, it's, again, not, by a large portion, not one of his, his strongest roles. Yeah. 
I feel weird like it's just a movie that I wanted more of. Like it's you knew that they were going to make a movie on this uh, subject. And the fact that it came out in 2016 and as far as I know was made like zero ripples. Yeah. Like not very many people. It's journey from theaters to the $5 bin in Walmart where I secured my copy of it was shockingly quick. And the movie kind of deserves that, but the subject of it deserves so much better. Like, I'm I'm sounding more hostile towards the movie than I should be. I do think there's some technically nice filmmaking. Some of the acting in it is decent. Yeah. The older characters are all recognizable scar- stars. The rest of the cast are pretty much all newbies, and I kind of like that. Yeah. It's it's harder to know who to trust is going to live through this. If one of them was fucking, I don't know, Brad Pitt or Channing Tatum dog paddling around in there, we'd kind of feel safe with them. Yep. So they were good choices. I'm not going to be too mean on people's. I just think it was the approach. Mm-hmm. He wanted to honor and pay tribute, and he should have wanted to scare us. He should have wanted to make this a visceral survival horror. Pay them movie. the actual res- the respect and really focus on how horrible. Don't sugarcoat it. Yeah, 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 and, and don't and don't have the you know bog it down with really cheesy cliches of you know two guys fighting over a woman kind of thing because yeah. no one cares well we're going to talk about that in a minute <laughs> okay okay but not for this movie I mean the, okay the, the love triangle being problematic element okay is there anything else you wanted to say about men no I mean I feel the same way where um, the sort of classic tragedy angle that we're kind of going for this movie is the wrong choice but when they actually get into the water, I, I do think I do think the drama itself and the shark attacks itself are least worthy of a look. They just really should have started at right at you know before the boat starts to sink, and maybe given a, a little more character depth, or just you know start this movie with you know with the mission already going oh, yeah. and get to know the characters that way. Oh yeah, and then have I would have liked it if by the end of the opening credits so like the directed by Mario Van Peoples was on a sleeping face of a guy in the ship and the fucking hull ruptured with the fucking torpedo hitting yeah and we start where they start what happened what where are we yeah what the fuck is happening yeah uh, in the age of these Uber trailers that were going on, they're starting to die off. But like Cloud Atlas had that 11 minute trailer, yeah. and this movie had like an eight minute trailer. And I remember watching the Uber trailer and thinking, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, watch the trailer, and uh, you will get everything you expect out of the trailer. And yep. it will not move you, and it will not scare you. And that is not good. Yep. An urgent search and rescue mission is underway after a shark dive boat was capsized by a freak wave. On one of my diving trips, I was deep down in a crevice and I saw something. We just arrived in Australia. We're about to meet Greg. Like they've never been apart. Welcome to Australia. Here we are. Kicking back with your sweetheart. Tomorrow, that's going to be us right in there. So the open water 
franchise, I guess, if it's got three movies in it. It's kind of an interesting one because uh, beyond the first film, there's no like connective tissue. And in fact, both uh, Adrift and this movie, Cage Dive, were yeah. independently produced, then bought by a distributor and released under the banner of Open Water. Yeah. So basically what you have is three completely different movies that are set yeah. on the open ocean with bad shit happening to people. Yeah. The first and third one more specifically has to do with sharks. Yeah. The first one I found to be like a, a, an intensely <laughs> frightening experience. I remember seeing it in a movie theater in the middle of summer coming out. It was July. It was like 28 degrees. Yeah. And I still had goose flesh. I was, it just felt cold yeah. and emptied by the movie, which is to say it was an effective horror movie. Yeah. That was sort of shot in a verite style that some people sort of confuse for found footage, but is not. Yeah. Open Water 3 Cage Dive is a found footage movie, and as people who've listened to the show knows, I tend to work defense for found footage. I, do, I don't hate it the way a lot of people do the, that sort of subgenre. Yeah. But I will concede that this movie has a lot of fucking problems that, that come... Tacit, like attached yeah. to the found footage thing. Yep. The cliched way in which we are ham-fistedly fed information about the characters before shit goes down yeah. is really difficult to swallow. Yeah. And instead of making us ingratiated to the characters before the shit hits the fan, yeah. it kind of accomplishes, at least for me, I don't want to speak for you, the yeah. opposite. I'm not really a fan of any of these people. They're these no. bunch of like obnoxious kids who are, you know, cheating on each other, lying to each other, fucking each other over. None of them, trying... are, none of them are sympathetic. Yeah. None They're trying them. to make an audition shape to be on a shallow-as-fuck reality yeah. TV show. What I will say is when finally, finally shit goes down, yeah. the movie does get scary. Yeah. Actually, what it reminded me of watching this movie was you took me to see the, the Blair Witch sequel. Yes. It was like, I was like, that movie eventually got quite fucking scary. Yeah. But by the time it had gotten quite fucking scary, it had pissed me off so much yeah. that it was hurting my enjoyment of the overall thing. Mm -hmm. There's some really intense stuff in this movie. Yes. And there's some really boring, shitty stuff in this movie. Yes. And it feels long at like 84 minutes or whatever it is. It's under an hour and a half. Yeah. It just, it feels long. That said, when you have people being mauled by sharks in the dead of night, and when you're getting the point of view footage underwater of their dangling feet as the sharks swim just below them, was I scared? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was scared. Yeah. But overall, the experience is frustrating. It's almost like the worst kind of compliment I could, or the worst thing I could say is like, watch the good parts of caged time skip like the first half an hour of the movie half an hour i would <laughs> skip the first 45 honestly start it when the rogue when wave, the wave hits. hits the boat much like the last review that we have the movie we talked about everything once kind of, they're in the water and the shit has hit the fan it has a pulse yes <laughs> um but we are sort of privy to the first 45 minutes of like three people that really are you know privileged <laughs> the more we learn about them the yeah. less we like them. yeah and even the twist of you know both brothers are, are sleeping secretly with the same woman yeah. didn't seem that much of a shocker i i guess I, I when that little 
gem was dropped, I was no by no means surprised by it. It was yeah. just sort of like, oh, here's what, what this yeah. is. And it just felt so easy and I'm and unnecessary. Yeah. Like I'm sensitive to it. I mean, the love triangle is a common common use. It's yeah. in fucking Book of Trespasses. We have a yeah. love triangle. The idea of people competing for a love interest is yeah. a tale as old as time. Like, I guess I shouldn't... You can't really admonish it for its existence because yeah. it's a tale that's been told before and will be fucking told again. But yeah. it did seem like the most e- like obvious and easy way to create imaginary sna- stakes yeah. in a scenario that needs no imaginary stakes. Once you're in the water, none of that fucking shit should matter. Yeah. And frankly, like the it, I understand it's the nature of the movie, and they're trying to manipulate our emotions. Yeah. The way they consistently fuck things up for themselves made mm-hmm. me continue to not like them. Yeah. They actually find a goddamn life raft. I, yeah. And manage to sink it because they're fighting amongst themselves. Yeah. And at over... that point, I'm just like, either kill yourselves now yeah. or just swim in a, away from each other. Yeah. Like, you're clearly not going to be able to like work together in any yeah. realistic way so i mean you'd have a, as good or better chance if you all just swam in a different fucking direction after yeah. that point i get the whole you know fight or flight you know psychology that kind of goes with a lot of these movies that you know that is a familiar trope but even that fight over the flare and you know it's coming no. it just seems a forced b like I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Like I it just don't, don't believe, believe it. it. Like you can't be that like they, stupid. Yeah, I and mean, they, being in even then they do that right. well. That one scene where they're floating in it and they're still yeah. getting bumped. Yeah, like that. That that is horrifying. No, like that but works. It's still better than being in the fucking water. Yeah, and nobody, no matter how furious they were with anyone else, yeah. no matter how right they thought they were, would risk that fucking raft. Yeah, it just wouldn't happen yeah even if you hated each other yeah you're like all in this together yeah and that shit can work itself if and when you get back to land like to me i'm a, i like to think i'm a fairly gentle person yeah that would make me that would reduce me to an act of murder almost at yeah. that point yeah it's like we were out of the water yeah we were by contrast safe yeah. we were dry there was provisions here that could help us to survive if we made it to morning for weeks even. yes if we made it till morning, we yeah. were out of this fucking thing. Yeah. Like, I would have understood him fucking drowning that dude yeah. afterwards. It's like, yeah. hopefully the well, sharks were... Yeah. Well, it's her fault, yeah. yeah but the, the, it's all, it very quickly, once they get out of that situation, yeah. she's removed from the equation. Honestly, at that point, uh, like there's all three of them are still alive. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I, it, I would have, like, take her. Yeah. You can have her. <laughs> yeah, take her and her bloody foot. Yeah. And swim off that way. Yeah, because they just, <laughs> wow. But wow. You can, like, you can hear we are angry at the characters, mm-hmm. and we should be sympathizing with them. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess I, I'm, I'm registering with the way some people felt about the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. A lot of people hated Heather so much that they yeah. couldn't put up with her asking for forgiveness. They yeah. were just couldn't get past hating her. That's how I felt about all of the characters after a point. You're in the water with sharks, and it's still about this personal bullshit between the three of you? Yeah. Just drown yourselves and spare me this this 84 minutes. Yeah. Right? yeah. But, but, yeah. 
there are some terrifying moments. Well, I was, I was just about to say, but it then scaffolds into one of the most horrific moments I've seen recently on movies. That burning of the boat <sighs> w- with that... They save this woman. Yep. Uh, only to essentially cook her by accident. And we hear her scream while the three of them are in the water. That is well done. Like they that's a pretty. They basically murdered that wolf. Yep, <laughs> I mean, they did. They saved her life first, but then by their own incompetence and refusal to like listen to reason, they killed her. And they yeah. don't really earn it, really. I mean, or own it personally. No. Like I guess they're too busy dealing with everything else. But but yeah, no that that particular scene, even the, the sound audio of her screaming, like it's well done. But the, just even the idea of what is happening yeah. is pretty horrific. Uh, so I will give it that. I like I think all the deaths are pretty well done. When they're in the water and the sharks are around, I am fucking scared. Yeah. And I guess that's what I wanted, but I think it would have been so much better if we liked and cared for these kids. Yeah. And so that yeah, it wasn't <clears throat> The movie, I think, it was padding itself to get to a feature length. There's a lot of scenes in the beginning that I felt like they mm-hmm. were eating the clock a little bit. Yeah. But I think it was a mistake in, to implicitly say this is where this footage was found and these kids were missing. So we knew. I mean, maybe if the movie had given us a withered hope that maybe they, one of them or two of them would have got pulled out of the water. Yeah. But we have no reason to believe from moment one yeah. that this is anything but a snuff film, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, moments that are quite effective from a movie that's clearly looks by execution because of the nature of the storytelling, low budget. Yeah. When that wave flips the boat and all the debris goes in the water yeah. and we see the people, the debris and the sharks all in the same frame, like, yeah. looks yeah. pretty fucking good. I thought I, yeah. like it was impressive. <laughs> no, well, the, the, the director, I, I'll get, I have to give credit where credit is due. A lot of the problems are really are with the script itself. Mm-hmm. Then... Then at least the technical execution of it. This this man knows how to build suspense and and, and pay it off. Um, but it, yeah, it does kind of ally a lot with the script. The performances don't help themselves. I like, but they're they're not around the word terrible. Save like you know. Lorraine Gary from Jaws of Revenge kind of but it does fall into that thing which people tend to complain about found footage where it just is a bunch of people screaming at each other they need to talk and keep their heads but they feel in order to keep the stakes up there's got to be conflict 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 any scene without conflict they they seem to be afraid of at a a certain point they make us wait that 40 minutes or whatever but once the shit hits the fan they want to keep the stakes as high as possible as long as possible and uh it becomes less credible. Yeah, uh, even the 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 offer the you know awful familiar trope of how do you keep on filming the scenes which they and it's a common complaint with the found footage genre. Anyways, some films can get around it quite well. Getting back to that new Blair Witch, I thought they that, that was one of the strengths of it is yeah. you know explaining how and why this camera keeps on filming as you know, everything falls apart. It's it it's really hard to believe that this guy keeps on filming this movie when all this tragic stuff like yeah. at that early on I would have dumped the camera and that's it I'd be more concerned with survival forget the fact that this guy's gotting whatever camera that is 
The yeah. camera's always in the perfect place it needs to be to yeah. tell the story. Yeah. <clears throat> this is what I mean, where it falls guilty to being like all the things that people complain about, found footage. Yeah. I would love to be playing better D for this movie, but it's the sharks that make it scary. And as yep. I said in the introduction, the sharks were going to make it scary for me. <laughs> yeah. um, it doesn't make me want to wash my hands of the whole found footage genre, but this is an example of how not to do found footage as far as I'm concerned. Yep. But I will, you know leave the caveat there that when it's scary yeah. it is really scary and it does have some genuinely great moments yeah but again i can see myself watching the second half of this movie again maybe at some point yeah but yeah it's disappointing yep Learning to be self-reliant takes time and hard work. These are the steps. Assume responsibility. Know where you are going. Make your own decisions. Yes, sir. It's hard work to become self-reliant. Any one of us could use a bit more than we have. If you're not self-reliant, You'll never do any more than just get by. Little dose of self-reliance can do wonders. Now you may think that's the end of the story. Actually, it's only the beginning. Okay, The Shallows. Um, I mean, being a fan of shark movies is one thing, but mm -hmm. uh, this movie overperformed for me on several levels. Because mm -hmm. from the guy who did Orphan and mm -hmm. uh, House of Wax, I didn't yeah. necessarily see this coming. Like uh, Orphan's good though. They're good. Well, like House of Wax has got good set design and good yeah. sort of like there's a good visual stylist at work here. Yeah. But the level of complexity to the shoot that they were doing here and how they're cutting from an actual beach location mm -hmm. to actual sets to mm -hmm. just the feat of making such a tough movie on the yeah. open ocean, um, it is a very immersive. Thriller. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, there's only one hump that you really have to get over in this movie. What's that? The shark is a monster here. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be like, a shark wouldn't do that, I don't think that's credible shark behavior, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, then that's not going to work for you. Because, yeah. yeah, the shark does kill an awful lot of people. And, yeah, the shark does have a free meal that it could be eating instead of constantly putting itself at physical danger yeah. to try and eat this one skinny beautiful woman. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, there are lots of sort of slow-mo shots of um, our, our main character. Blake Lively. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, in her, in her nice bikini. She's a surfer. Lavishing her body. I'll She's say that. She's a surfer. It's totally justified. Yeah. 
This is a B-monster movie, kind yeah. of disguised as a survival horror movie in a lot of ways. But it is given the, the A-list treatment. Though. Yeah, it's treated very straightly and seriously. Yeah. But, I mean, when you look at it objectively, we have a young woman doing everything wrong. She's going to this out-of-the-way beach, which none of the tourists wants to give her the name of because they want to hide the beach from the tourist industry and keep it as sort of their thing. Yeah. And her friend doesn't going to show up at the last yeah. minute, but she decides to go anyway. Yeah. She doesn't have her own transportation out, you know. Yeah. She, her family knows where she is as far as what island she's on. But yeah. like, she even says that she'll take an Uber back to the... Yeah, quite naively. And he goes, huh? What? Like, like yeah, like that's... Yeah, Dumb. she puts herself, unknowingly, but yeah. she does put herself in this terrible position. Yeah. She's enjoying the surf, and she comes across the corpse of a whale yeah. in the water, and she knows right away she needs to get out of there. Yeah. And as she gets on her board and catches a wave out, she gets nudged off by the shark. Yeah. As she's trying to get back on the board, she is bitten on yeah. her leg. Yeah. She manages to make her way to a small rock, but as the tide comes in, it's slowly going to, uh, or the tide's going out at first, making giving her more space. Yeah. But when the tide comes in, that rock is going to get smaller and smaller, and eventually she's going to have to deal with the water. Yeah. The big crazy supernatural again. The shark is a monster thing. Is how it will not not fuck with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's as if it was some sort of terrier dog or something, and it was like. My area. This is my property. And it's going to bark at the other side of the fence until you go away, right? Yeah. Um, and I just, after a point, I didn't believe that. I think that a shark will take an easy meal over this one, right? Yeah. But if it's a monster movie, all of this completely works. Yeah. I think that the performance by Blake Lively is fucking strong. Yep, I think she's good. scenario... And she, there's a, a lot asked of her yeah. in this movie. The scenario gets increasingly incredible, but again, yeah. if you look at this as a monster movie where the monster is a shark, yeah. a lot of that stuff doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a cliche she makes all the bad decisions to get her into this situation, mm -hmm. and it's a cliche that things kind of bring in front of her to help her deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. There's a well-timed, you know, school of jellyfish mm -hmm. and uh, you know, just you know, she gets her hands on a flare gun. There's there's just, you know, always a way. There's always a way, like there yeah. is in a proper monster movie. I have to say, though, I think it's a super strong movie. Yeah. I, I, it was really, really riveting and quite terrifying. And uh, I've watched it several times, and it stands up. Yeah. <clears throat> there's, like, if you hear there nitpicky little things that I could say. But honestly, like I said at the start of the review... If you can look at this movie as just a monster movie set on the ocean, yeah. and it's like a monster shark or a particularly evil shark, yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of fucking fun with this. Yep. 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 Uh, I was starting to get worried, actually, that like, how hard is it to actually make a thrilling or terrifying shark movie to be released by the you know big, big, big budget studios? Where we can it's, believe the shark. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like they hadn't made, you know, very credible, terrifying shark movies, you know, in between Jaws of Revenge and the, uh, and the Shallows. You know, Open Water was before this. You know, the what's that, what's that other one, an Australian one? The um, Reef. The Reef is also another well-made, terrifying shark attack movie. Another survival horror. Yeah. So it, it, it can be done. And I think that's how you do it in these days. The, you know, the days of... 
the Jaws, I think, should be over. Where if you do a more survival horror movie, you 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 know, yeah, you're all in kind of. When you see her doing the self surgery on herself to yeah. deal with this dirty bite on her leg, as they go shark bites, they get infected yeah. really quickly. Yeah, and uh, you need to stop the bleeding, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the fact she has the medical training and she talks her way through it. Yeah. You feel every inch of that surgery. Yeah. Right? And she talks about, we're just going to apply a little bit of uh, Novocaine or whatever yeah. over the surface area to help you with the pinch. But, of course, she's not doing that. She does not have any any yeah. kind of... Um, yeah. Uh, and when she's fucking cold at the night and she's shivering, you, you feel cold with her. Yeah. This is the stuff that the USSS Indianapolis really missed yeah. for me. Yeah. They were too busy sort of paying honor to the bravest souls and their 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 never give up no gumption spirit to to let them really suffer seriously sometimes. Yeah. She's she's going through hell and you want to get her out of the water and you you share her frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even liked the the cute little uh visual technical angle, a- angle of you know the stopwatch that's used to sort of measure time yeah. throughout the movie, and even little ads on you know there's so much time till high tide or yeah. low tide. I I thought were little attention to detail things that just amped the drama up a whole lot more. Yeah. So uh, kudos to that. And it really it's a simple story. Like it's not a deep complex uh, tale by a, any. A means. woman gets herself into a really tough situation, and then yeah. she gets herself out of it. But yeah. it's harrowing to watch. Right? Yeah, so it is a, some of the details that add that element of pathos yeah. and uh, energy to the terror of this movie. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it, the monster in a lot of ways and its behavior is ludicrous, yes. but everything else is taken at least. You, uh, the quality is very a level. That's my only complaint about the shark, yeah. and it, I like I, I just dismissed it as a monster, and then all those problems disappeared. It's yeah. a monster shark. Yeah. But beyond that, it looks fucking fantastic. The yep. special effects in the movie, especially for a CGI shark, it is fucking. Fa- I believe it. Yeah. I believe it more than I do in ninety nine out of a. There was only a couple movies. of shots where where it was swimming really quickly, where I kind of went nah. But beyond that, it looked really good. Yeah, like as good as I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, in a in a fiction movie, unless yeah. they're actually using footage of an authentic shark, like yeah. it's as good as I've seen. That's yeah. one thing I could have complimented on the USS Indianapolis movie too. They used these puppet sharks that actually swim around in the water with the actors, which I think are really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and they actually shot it on the open ocean, which I think is really cool and would have added a layer of anxiety to me if I was on that fucking set. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I think one thing, and and once again, this this goes to my whole argument that CGI I, is a lot more believable if it's done in the dark yes so i think that's one thing why that shark looks so so good which is something that deep blue sea does not achieve yeah. well we'll get there. yeah but but we'll get to deep blue sea i don't um, think the movie so, does well is starting us with blake lively and you're right there's a few pretty <laughs> delicious shots of yeah. blake's body it's not it wholly exploitive though. no i mean she's a surfer and that's yeah. what they would she would yeah. wear i mean whatever but uh, yeah. they, the, she starts this very clean, very beautiful, very mm-hmm. fit, 
and she ends up like it's sort of like Bruce Willis at the end of the first Die Hard. She's like this fucking zombie thing that yeah. is clearly like Wiley e. Coyote after his fifth explosion, just this walking skeleton scarred shell yeah. of a person. Like we see that journey, and all of her ouches hurt when she's swimming under the buoy and she smashes her cheek yeah. against the first aid kit. I, I wonder like, if that was planned too. Oh, that I, looked I, so brutal. I kind of wonder if that actually happened in a lot of ways. <laughs> and if, uh, if it was deliberate, then bravo. It looked fucking good. It, yeah. it looked fucking good. And yeah. same thing, every time like she moved that wounded leg, you're like, ow. Whenever she put her foot down on the coral, you're like, Jesus, ow, yeah. ow, ow, ow. Yeah. Yeah. And that means you're emotionally with the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I've never been overly impressed with Blake Lively. Not, not that I don't ever think she's been over the top terrible, but right. I've never gone, wow, Blake Lively, well, up until this movie. She's the movie. Yeah. If you don't like her, you're not going to like the movie. No, yeah, it is a one character piece in a lot of ways. Yes, there are other speaking parts, but it is... It's her show. Yeah. Like in, in some ways, you could almost do this as a play. <laughs> well, no, well, I don't know if you no, can do it as a play. But well, yeah. no, I mean, but no, like it. It's her either on the rock, mm-hmm. the whale at one point, or you know um, that buoy. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like yes, the shark goes around, and we have this you know multiple scenes where those guys get eaten. But in a lot of ways, like. You could do a minimalist production of The Shallows. <laughs> the shark eats three people and a good yeah. chunk of whale in this movie, which takes yeah. place in less than 24 hours. Yeah. So that gets kind of silly, too, if you yeah. like do the math on that. Yeah. Uh, even though sharks will eat till they're full to bursting. like <laughs> Yeah, no, but that shark would be, like, stuffed yeah. to the gills full. It would have swam off just to, you know, rest and digest. Yeah. Uh, there's just two little things in the movie, and again, I think I'm largely highly praising this. That yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying cut them. I just that I found less credible. She's given a little buddy on the rock in this wounded seagull, much, yeah. and its wing is dislocated, and she relocates its wing and yeah. sets it off on a float so that it's got a fighting chance, and that gives her, you know, a little bit of you know, mm-hmm. a little bit on the nose. I forgive it. I forgive yeah. it. And the one guy, I, I don't know. It's I guess it was one of those, it's, it's a classic monster movie thing where a guy's a dick and he gets paid for it. Yeah. This drunken guy's wobbling down the beach and he sees her stuff, and she sees her out on the rock and screaming for help. Mm-hmm. And instead, he takes the money out of there and uh, takes the phone and starts to walk away. Mm-hmm. And then he turns back and you think he's gonna help her, but he's actually seen the surfboard in yeah. the surf and he goes to get it and of course is killed by the the shark. For me, I think it would have been stronger if he was going to steal it, he was going to steal it, and then at the last second, he decided, no, I should help her. And he did the right thing, and yeah. then was killed by the shark. I think that would have been much stronger yeah. than him just being this asshole drunk thief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, again, these are quibbles. Yeah. I think The Shallows is an excellent, excellently made, excellently acted movie. Yeah. I, I like the way they did the sort of weird Skype camera phone whenever she's talking to yeah, her Yeah, that, that also was a technical cue that I liked a lot. Yeah, I hadn't seen it handled that well in films before, and yeah. people do live in their phones, and movies are going to have to find a way to deal with that, and I think that that was an interesting thing, too. Unfriended is actually kind of done that way. Um, kind of built that into a movie. Yeah, and that was its gimmick. No, um, I, I had The Shallows as, you know, that, I think it was that 2016 that movie came out, the yeah. summer of. 
as the scariest movie of that year. Um, right. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of The Shallows. It is in a lot of ways mercifully short too. It is barely ninety minutes. It gets the job done, and yeah. it feels grueling for the ninety minutes. It is. Yeah, it is. I also have to give a shout out. I don't know who the DP was for this movie, but the shots, like, are, it's it's a well sequenced movie, and it's beautiful to look at. Like the beach itself, the underwater sequences. Um, it, it like it 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 is technically well shot. General note, and this is not a beat against the shallows, so yeah. don't take it as that. But yeah. uh, it, I know that there was really no other way to end this movie other than she taking her little sister out to teach her how to surf. Yeah. Like that was important. Yeah. But it's like in every fucking cheesy shark documentary I've ever watched about yeah. some guy who's a shark attack, and they show them going back to the spot of the attack to go surfing. Yeah. All the time, it seems like well, you clearly learned no lesson from yeah. this at all. <laughs> you went back to that exact fucking beach and you brought your little what the fuck is wrong? It's not the same beach in no, Texas, yeah, but yeah, no. But the fact that she's going back into the water, where I'd be like, yeah, nope, no, no, I'm done. You're allowed to officially retire, retire. from all things yeah. ocean. Yeah, after. that part I don't quite buy. <laughs> it, it should have been like you know at an amusement park or something. But just, that's just me projecting my character onto hers. Like yeah. I, uh, I really like it. No, no, Charles is good. Oh my God. It's Megalodon. He's kidding, right? Find it and kill it. Why don't you just put a tracker on it? Did you guys ever watch Shark Week? He looks heroic, but he's kind of got a negative attitude. Chew on this, you ugly. So, in summer 2018, Lee Beckman and myself took in a screening of The Meg. You yep. And uh, it was a long time coming, this movie. There's a series of novels. I remember reading at least one in a bit there of was, them. I think, four or five, yeah. Yeah, in the early 90s, I read a, one in a bit of them. And I kind of knew that they were pulp and stupid as I read them. But there's something awesome about the idea of a megalodon. Yeah. And uh, it was fun to see. We got the VIP treatment. It was your birthday. Mm-hmm. I certainly didn't regret the experience. But for some reason, I guess, I, expectations are falling into it again. And and I wanted Meg to be gloriously stupid or gloriously awesomely stupid. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was a chance it was going to be awesome. But it was much more likely it was going to be dumb fun than it was going to be viscerally scary. And at the end, as much as I'd like to be saying it's the new Deep Blue Sea, what I end up saying is, shut up, Meg. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that 
<laughs> That's a little bit mean. I just wanted to drop a Family Guy reference. It's okay, but I wanted it to be awesome. Okay. I guess is where I'm coming from. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I wasn't going to tell the movie to shut up. In fact, seeing it now a second time, I actually, some of my concerns about it were not realized because I sort of, I don't think I enjoyed it more, but I, I, I enjoyed it a second time. You knew time. what it was the second time. Well, I knew what it was going in even, so I, I, I guess I wasn't disappointed. I knew that it would be, in, in a lot of ways, it, you know, another Jurassic Park movie, and that's kind of how I took it. Right. Um, dumb fun. You know, dumb fun that hopefully didn't have too many uh, suspension of disbelief episodes where I'm going like, no. No, 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 no. In a lot of ways, it, it feels kind of like a, a throwback to the you know, to the '90s monster movies that were alive and well, like Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Um, you know, there is no sort of PC police over this movie. It does have its sort of stock cliched characters on a row, but I, you know, wasn't offended. It didn't drive me nuts. You know, we have the sassy black man who's a, who you know can't swim, so why did he get a job in the ocean kind of thing? We have the you know sort of nerdy um, Asian. Uh, character who only thinks of sex money, Paul. Like just he's yeah. a complete nerd, and his best friend is this Swedish oaf. Right, and, like stock characters. Once again, not deep, but the deaths you, you kind of go easily Aw. recognizable, easily sort of clockable yeah. as types in the movies. We have, yeah. we, we know that character. We yeah. like that character. We know that guy. We get where they're going for the broad stroke. That I expected. I mean, yeah. We're going to talk about other cartoons when we talk about Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. But um, that that I'm okay with. I'm okay with Jason Statham growling out all of his lines and taking his shirt off for no good reason and yeah. shit like that. That all comes part and partial with it. Yeah. I think for me the mistake is is that I think they needed to aim for awesome instead of scares. The this is a dinosaur shark. This is a fucking huge animal it's a vast yeah. creature so i would have leaned into that i would have let it be the sort of transformer spectacle yeah instead of seeing the aftermath of him eating those two whales let's see him eat those fucking whales instead of seeing the implication of a fight between the meg and a giant squid yeah. let's see the meg fight a giant squid yeah. you know let's see the meg bite a ship in half and i think the where the movie definitely lost its nerve is that it wanted to have more teeth to it. I think it wanted, almost needed to be an R-rated movie. Yeah. I think if they were allowed to pull the trigger and go full stupid like Deep Blue Sea did, mm. I might be hailing it as, you know, the so bad it's good, spectacular and terrible, terrible and wonderful movie. Like, yeah. that you must see Meg. I, I might tell someone that they need to see Deep Blue Sea, yeah. but I don't know that I would tell someone... That they need to see Meg. Because instead of showing us the big fights with the squids or the whales, yeah. what we do is the Meg pops up out of nowhere all the time. And it seems silly to me. It's such a huge animal. that yeah. it, it can't surprise us. When they drop a bunch of bombs and they think, oh, it's definitely dead. Uh, it's like a, an hour into the movie. Yeah, I'm fucking sure that the Megalodon is dead, right? Nothing's going to come of this. When one of our characters falls off of the side of the boat yeah. and everybody's laughing because there's no way the Meg could be there. Like, he's going to die. The yeah. Meg is going to eat him. There's no other reason for him to you be in the water. there's two of them? Exactly. Yes. Spoilers. Exactly. And, like, 
the movie shouldn't have genuinely been trying to surprise us with that. Mm-hmm. They should have been letting us in on the joke. They should have been letting us laugh with the movie. Because yeah. for as dumb as it is, it takes itself too seriously. Okay. I, um, I, I, could, I, I could see that. <laughs> um, I, one thing I, you know, I thought about, because I actually have read the actual novel, The Meg, the first one, it should have started off how the book does, where it takes place in prehistoric times. Uh, and that Tyrannosaurus is wading through the water, and then that Meg sh- comes up and drags it, bites into it, and drags it to it, drags it to its death. That would have been like you remember, remember Jurassic Park? You yeah. know how big ass scary that Tyrannosaurus was. Well, fuck you, and then the Meg. Mm-hmm. That would have sort of thrown down the gauntlet, gauntlet as you know, we're here, we're queer, we're gonna be big and weird kind yeah. of thing. So that's the one thing I sort of thought about as that movie started. Um, I will give credit where credit is due, though, because uh, it does kind of sound like you're not pretty high in the film. There's some sequences in the Meg that are genuinely terrifying <laughs> and well done. Uh, that one scene where they they come up with the idea to sort of track the shark and how they're going to do that, and once again they somehow convince Jason Statham to swim, swim out. out far away from the boat, and he's swimming, going. I'm a, f- I'm a bloody I'm a idiot. I'm the an problem idiot. is, is that it was Jason Statham's character, and he was not going to get eaten by the shark, and everybody fucking knew it. Yeah, but right? but you're, my heart still kind of bitter pattered like, with, where is with it, fear because it he's going above the surface, below the surface, and you know it's coming. <laughs> you know it's coming, but it, 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 the rhythm, even even how that jump scare is delivered. Um, it's a little bit unpredictable because he, you know, he's it, it, we we get the one, two, three beat, and then he's talking and looks at the boat, and then goes down, and then we see that sh- the shark, you know, glide by his mask. Yeah, it's 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 well done, but the whole concept of that is terrifying. And then he does the mad dash back. It's the chase right back to the boat where the shark almost gets him. Yeah. Like I remember the first time, I didn't scream, I squawked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there's that, and then there's the scene where she's in that shark cave, and the cage, and it's trying to swallow the cage with her in it. Well, not only that, but it's the lead up to it, where it's almost a riff on that aliens, where it has that tracker, and it's like you know eighty, forty, twenty meters. You know it's coming, and you know she's looking from side to side, and only right before it happens does not only her, but we realize, oh, it's right underneath her. I don't misunderstand me. There is some fun stuff in Meg. Again, yeah. I think this is sort of like I was talking about the USS and. Annapolis. There's just the movie that I wanted and the yeah. movie that I got were different. Yeah. So this could be my fault. And this is off of one pass. Yeah. So um, I love the scene with the little girl in the in the the hallway that's yeah. visible to the open ocean. Yeah. And she sees the shark and tries to bite her by biting into the wall of the facility. Yeah. Uh, and you just see the whole wall just mounged by this huge shark. Yeah. I loved that moment. Yeah. And I kind of got a kick. Like, <laughs> Jason Statham is like... <laughs> I don't know if he's... He's reached, Superman. Yeah. He's reached a level of self-parody, right? Yeah, Where yeah. It, it's just funny because it's Jason Statham, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, when he did The Transporter, it was like, hey, that dude from Lockstock is turning yeah. into a, quite the impressive little martial arts guy, right? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Now, like, 50 Statham kicks ass movies later. <laughs> he's yeah. just kind of like, he's become the institution. Yeah. You can almost snicker the same way you would as if it was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. What do you expect him to do? What's he going to do? Yeah. He's got his lines. He'll deliver them the same way. 
he's super ripped <laughs> and he's super badass. Yeah. And, like, some of the dialogues seem to lean knowingly hard into that. Yeah. And uh, I kind of appreciated it. Yeah, yeah, I do love the scene where, uh, what, 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 you know, what's that community? The billionaire. What the, the Rain guy, Wilson. Rain Wilson does the whole, hell yeah, as he <laughs> jumps into the water to save Bing Bing Lee, yeah. who, had, by the way, has the best screen name that I've seen recently. So. Yeah, I think that... There was a little wonkiness to the performance, but I'm yeah. guessing that had more to do with her not being comfortable with the English language. Possibly. Um, she certainly is beautiful. Yeah. And, like, I didn't not believe her. There was just some things that yeah. came off a little strange from her character. Um, and, of course, the super sweet little girl. You couldn't be scared when she was around because they weren't going to kill the super sweet little girl. Yeah. There was... There was it was pretty clear pretty early on the movie type of movie that it was. Yeah. There weren't going to be like any kind of like shock risky kills. Yeah. Or, or, you know, uh, and when it does get to the beach, even though they set up, you know, the fat little kid on the on the rubber raft, which is they're not going to kill the fat little kid on the rubber raft, which is a huge tease. Um, I will say this. This movie does sort of seem savagely edited and you can really feel it. Um, with the whole sequence of the beach, because they do build up to it, they spend like a good amount of time of, of that movie building up to that beach sequence, yeah. like where it was meant to mean something, and then the actual attack itself is short, like it, it's over before it really even gets started in a lot of ways, and that's where I kind of felt at some point where they did the studio, someone gutted that movie at that at, at some point, yeah. and you can really feel it. And see it when yeah. it gets to that third act. Uh, also, if you want to make a reference to Jaws, I understand you're making a big shark movie. Yeah. It makes sense. Even the original Open Water had a sneaky backdoor yeah. wink to Jaws. So, name the dog Pippin. Have the kid on the mattress. Or have the Bad Hat Harry reference or whatever it was. Yeah. We did not need all three of them. Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. And uh, that's sort of where I felt the movie should have been. It was all about let's stop, kill this this thing. But I, I like the idea of giving them a ticking clock. It's working its way to the coast. If it gets to the coast, it's going to hit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, there, there should have been a ticking clock of the shark getting closer and closer to the populated area, and that's why they had to, you know, try and stop this thing. Like getting there, which would have been sort of like the bloody finish line. You know, I yeah. was, I wanted it to be sort of the big spring break sequence in the Piranha remake, yeah. right? And they just couldn't or wouldn't give us that. Yeah. But it seemed like that's what they were building up to, or at least wanted to make us believe that they were building up to. Yeah. I would love it if they got a director's cut or an unrated version. I have a sneaking suspicion we might, because they actually did film. So this might finish. sound dated to your ears now, if you've got an, a DVD or Blu-ray of it that's completely wet. Yeah. But in the theaters, they kind of pulled a lot of the teeth out of the shark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But... I did have a lot of fun with this movie. Absolutely. And, and being hard on it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can't say that for the previous three movies. Mm -hmm. Like, I did have a smile on my face. And genuine terror did happen even uh, more than once with this movie. Like, there are some well-made, well-shot sequences involving Statham and the shark or you know, other actors um, in it. And even the little girl, I think you always have this huge risk when you're casting children in a movie where you know the where they, if they do the whole cute thing, it could either be endearing or annoying, and that was one of my fears with this girl. That's what made it feel like a Jurassic Park sequel in a lot of ways. Yeah, 
Jurassic Park always will fucking bend over backwards to find a way to put a little kid in that movie. Yeah. Every fucking one of those movies, they have to have a little kid in there somewhere. Right? Yeah. But it wasn't annoying, or it wasn't annoying to level where I was like, oh, not She her. did have some pretty precocious fucking lines. Yeah, yeah. and the eyebrow thing. <laughs> and like, yeah. you should have sex with my mom. She didn't say that, but she said that, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or giving him permission, basically, to pursue her mother sexually is yeah. kind of past absurd. And, and a little creepy if you exactly. stop and stop and think about it. But yeah. No. Um the Meg is dumb fun. Yes. Um I yes. agree I, I agree there it, it, it could have gone farther and it was not the awesome movie that we were hoping for. But here's the good news. It yeah. did well enough that we still might get that movie. Yeah, I I imagine we will have a Meg sequel, yeah. uh, and I'm 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 happy for that. Yeah, um, I'm also happy that a big studio can actually make a pretty terrifying shark movie, much like The Shallows. So, the there's same that. way I get excited by big budget zombie movies, even if they're bad or whatever. The Resident yeah. Evil franchises of the world. Yeah, I get excited about these big budget. Movies like instead of the fucking asylum doing giant octopus versus mega shark, yeah. How about a studio that actually has the budget to seriously contemplate taking that on? Yeah. And why not? They're doing this fucking King Kong Mothra Godzilla battle royale next summer. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's see it. Let's see some big underwater monster fights. That's what Meg can bring. And yeah. sure, if Statham wants to come back, just as long as he keeps his shirt off. Yeah, well, I uh, uh, once again I'll give credit where credit is due, uh, and I was getting kind of getting worried because you don't see studios doing these big budget monster movies as right. much anymore. So you always get you know a excited and a little bit worried when you finally get up to it. Will this shit the bed, if you will? Yeah. And I'm happy to say that the Meg doesn't. I would honestly say check it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't, don't come in with you're expecting the sun and the moon, but they don't make movies like this anymore in a lot of ways. And, and that is a sad tragedy. As dumb as it is and yeah. as problematic as some of the stuff in it is, and I've yeah. talked pretty negatively about it, I will watch this again. Yeah. Probably several times. Yeah. Right? I will like I will be in the mood to watch something unchallenging and pretty and entertaining yeah. and, and not have to think too deeply. Yeah. The Meg will fit the bill. I yeah. just again I wanted it to be deep blue sea. <laughs> and it wasn't quite there. <laughs> Good enough? Yep. Just what the hell did you do to those sharks? Did you feel something? Jim and I use gene therapies to increase their brain mass. What is that? As a side effect, the sharks got smarter. Somebody, please, tell me what that is. So 1999. 
Deep blue, deep blue sea, sea baby. Deep, deep, deep blue sea. Okay, I'm 1999 done. I'm was an amazing year for movies. Like yep. just generally speaking, like I believe I was talking to Debray about it. <laughs> like yeah. if if you made just a really good movie in 1999, you were fucked because yeah. the average movie that came out in cinema was fucking awesome. Yep. Now I'm not gonna sit here and say that Deep Blue Sea is fucking awesome, but as far as dumb as shit, like yep. <laughs> brainless yeah inter pieces of shark entertainment yeah deep blue sea is kind of genius <laughs> never thought i would hear in the same breath or sentence genius and deep blue sea but well, i'll go ahead <laughs> i when we did the 90s list which we we opened talking about I put it at the very bottom of the 25 rank. As a, as no, so, no, I was very happy to see it. It's so bad it's good. Like, yeah. I am not going to sit here and tell anybody that Deep Blue Sea is a good movie. Yeah. But I will say that it is spectacularly entertaining. <laughs> yep. It, yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. It knows it's dumb. It's yeah. over the top. Yeah. It knows it's over the top. Yeah. And yet the screenplay at some level maybe had some uh, attempt at legitimacy yeah. that still sort of bleeds into it, which yeah. makes things even more fucking hilarious as you're <laughs> watching it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, it has some really good performances in it, and it has some fucking, like... Mind-numbingly awful oh, performance. Oh, The way you can only really get behind in a bad B monster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The shark's behavior are inconsistent. Their size is inconsistent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they I go don't... from monsters to like teeny tiny. <laughs> you can't like barely fit it in the pen, and now it's in an elevator shaft. Like, yeah. it just doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. This movie, just moment to moment, is so gobsmackingly insane yeah. that I can't not love it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Is it good? No. Is it awesome? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's what I wanted out of Megan. And it's a rare thing to accomplish. Like, yeah. Rennie Harlan has made some entertaining shit in his career. And again, yeah. a lot of times it's not that they're great movies, it's yeah. just that they're entertaining movies. Yeah. Is Cliffhanger a great movie? No. no. Is it entertaining? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, uh,. This is one of his movies that is not good but is entertaining, but I think it's my favorite. You know? <laughs> I, I hate. I, I, am I going to say this? That this is Rennie Harlan's finest hour? Like, I don't know. It might be. And that, 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 I like it more than Die Hard 2. Yeah, I like, like it, it more than, than Cutthroat Island. Yeah, you know? I like it more than Cliffhanger. I, it's been a long time since I've seen The Long Kiss Goodbye. I remember at the time everyone liked it more than I did, but yeah. it's one of those movies I need to give another day in court at some yeah. point. But yeah. Rennie Harlan's sort of star has continued to fall. Like uh, he's been doing some pretty low straight budget, to, straight to DVD, straight to DVD yeah. shit lately. But time was he was a fairly bankable director. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was you know tongue in cheek talking about how glorious all the movies were in 1999. But yeah. in its own way, this is a very glorious and memorable dumb B movie, mm-hmm. and it, it's as good in that way as yeah. the company it's keeping that year. Yeah. It's appropriate somehow that this would come out yeah. in 1999. Uh, plot. So in order to cure Alzheimer's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saffron Burroughs, a supermodel. I love, they always... 
hire supermodels to play like yeah. super renegade scientists Brainy, yeah. for some yeah. reason. But yeah. uh, you can be beautiful and smart. I yeah. I, I understand mm-hmm. that it does happen. Yeah. But in movies, it seems to happen a, a fucking lot. Yeah. <laughs> They're not ugly. And yeah. the guy scientist is always fat and bald and bearded or whatever, right? But the, yeah. the female scientist should be on a runway anyway. Yeah. We're already on an aside. She's gonna cure Alzheimer's by making super big, super intelligent sharks yeah. and pulling this brain matter secreting from it that's going to uh, activate inactive brain yeah. cells. And yeah. uh, But uh, because she's put on such a crazy deadline by her evil corporate handlers yeah uh she breaks all sorts of laws of you know yeah. genetic engineering the geneva yeah. convention which i don't even think, i sharks, don't even think that's a thing but okay as a side effect the sharks got smarter yes <laughs> the whole program is being assessed by samuel l jackson yeah <laughs> and we're gonna spend some time on him yeah uh but this is still in the period of sam jackson's career where he's still in the hot afterglow of Pulp Fiction. Like, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. (laughs) And uh, he's buddies with Rennie Harlan. They've worked together before. Yeah. Uh, And originally, apparently, he was offered the part of the cook. But uh, instead, they developed this character (laughs) for him to play instead. And it was the wise decision. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we get introduced to all of the cast of characters. And we get a walk and talk through all of the different levels of the facility. Where everybody is, who everybody is. So when this shit hits the fan... We know all the rules. Yeah. And it takes about maybe 15, 20 minutes to get that out of the way. Then there's a storm, a shark attack, and an explosion. Yeah. And the movie is relentless, colorful stupidity until the credits roll. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And it does give birth to probably the best end credits songs that I think I have ever, ever heard. I think the title is... Deepest blue, my head is like a shark fin. Mm. You just LL have, cool you just gotta love you know, a title like that. Well, to once again quote myself, every time LL Cool J is on screen in this movie, yeah. I want to rip my own face free of my skull. <laughs> yeah. Like his character is nauseating, but it's also really badly executed. Yeah. The fact that, you know, a cook that would have that filthy bird in his kitchen, you know, and. You know, all of the asides, his constant talking to God or himself because most of his scenes were shot separately from everybody else. Yeah. Almost any time the preacher character was on screen, this like, oh, you're fucking with me movie. Yeah. This is becoming a love-hate relationship. It's here. kind of funny because, like, not once in that movie, even when he's in deepest peril, was I ever worried for him. Or was he? Yeah, like, it was just... <laughs> like, like, the other actors sold it well enough that they were you know showed that they were in general terror but he never looked all that scared his character had read the script and he knew that he was going to get through this alive so i'm gonna act as cool as i possibly could but it's also played off as this smug religious faith because there's a not so subtle undercurrent in this movie like science is evil man playing god so they're going to get punished yeah exactly all of the scientists familiar tropes a lot of these monster movies all the scientists are getting punished and all of the, you know, the guys that run off their gut that are just plainly heroic and doing the right thing survive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And again, not subtle. But it's the wily Coyote stuff. Like, Stellan Skarsgård yeah, doesn't just get his arm ripped off. Yeah. Doesn't just get dropped into a pool and then gouged by another shark. Yeah. And then his body gets smashed into, like, <laughs> the big display window which slowly cracks, caves in with him. 
He's being fed oxygen the whole time through a mask, so they make a point. Oh no, he's alive through yeah. all of this, and he's I, gonna see essentially <laughs> yeah. his own death, yeah. including his loved They're ones. They're using my it. body to break in and drown all of my yeah. fellow staff members, uh, and I'd forgotten because I watched it with you. <laughs> like, yeah, his body then later shows up for a, a jump scare with Thomas Jane as he's swimming yeah. under the water. Yeah, like they just won't let it go with that head scientist. Yeah, they kill him fucking over. <laughs> and over and over again. It's the Looney Tune death that the cartoons never ever had the balls to do. <laughs> it really is out there. Like, you thought the death of John Malkovich and Con Air was Looney Tunes. Like, this yeah. is this is ramped up to a tenth degree. No, there are a couple of scenes in this movie that I think should be, you know, forever stored <laughs> away in the film library. Maybe not the whole movie, but there's that. And then there's the infamous Samuel L. Jackson monologue. Yeah, we were going to get there, so yeah. let's do it. Okay, so I'm sorry. I, you know, we <laughs> no, had to, no, no, no. no, no. Um, there's been, you know, I have to say only a, maybe a small handful of scenes uh, when I've been in the theater where people have actually good up gotten up and started to applaud applaud this is one of them where i saw it you know opening night uh about the seven o'clock show and there weren't a lot of people in the theater and that's how i kind of knew like oh this movie's not gonna open well yeah. uh but the scene where jackson starts to give this uh, you know i've been to this before yeah. and we're gonna we're not gonna fight we're gonna learn to get along yeah well first he talks about this whole yeah. surviving yeah. The, the this this terrible avalanche ice yeah. and snow scenario and you can almost hear the collective groan from yeah. the audience no yeah. and we've seen this before yeah. it's like it's like a really bad awkward wink to the jaws speech or uh, they did it in from dust till dawn where the guy yeah. stops everything to give a speech about yeah. vietnam and it's yeah. intentionally cheesy yeah that's where it's going yeah no i sorry um and then, <laughs> and then, out of nowhere, in mid-speech, a shark comes out because he's standing right in the front of a pool, and it kills its most bankable movie star. He's Halfway the, through the movie, he is the big name <laughs> on the poster, and he's gone. He's in, ripped in half by two sharks. In fact, if you ever listen to the um, the narrative that uh, oh, the commentary, the commentary with yeah. one Sam Samuel walks J- after that, scene. he does. He stops. He says, "Well." I'm no longer in the movie, so thanks and have a good night. He's gone. <laughs> he yes, I don't think it's much of a spoiler. Spoiler, since this movie no. is well over ten years old. Everybody but... knows that uh, that death. I think. Yeah. But it's so strong that it survives pretty fucking piss poor special effects. Yeah. I honestly think that's probably the worst special effect in the movie. Yeah. But it was so hilarious that everybody uniformly lets it go. Yeah. 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 Because like, yeah. There, I don't think Jaws established it. It always has been a thing where uh, there's a character that's got hard bark on him and everybody doesn't know how to take, but then yeah. we learn his story. Yeah. And through context, we understand that he's okay. Yeah. We just He's hurting or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. And it's just like, seriously, are that where we're going? No, he's dead by a shark. Just fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> well played, yeah. kids. And I think that's one thing that really works for Deep Lucy is, yes, they knew right from the get-go that this movie was a silly monster movie. And it is, 
I don't want to say satire because I think that's giving it too much credit. It's not winking. That's why it's awesome. <laughs> but it's not intentionally yeah. funny, but it is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it was very self-aware of what movie it was. Like yeah. this is the era of Scream in a lot of ways, where that kind of meta comedy or at least commentary were perforated through our horror movies. So I do think. They knew what they were making. Yeah. They knew what, what they were making. And they were, you know, they knew it was a silly, silly, stupid monster movie. And it was just done perfectly. Yeah. And if you haven't <laughs> seen a lot of monster movies, you're going to enjoy it. But if you have, you'll enjoy it even more. There's a scene with uh, Michael Rappaport yep. where he has Good a conversation with LL Cool J right before he's about to go run an errand with the main character of the yeah. movie. Yeah. And like this little bonding moment, that's the best definition of uh, physics I've ever heard in my life, which was a really horrible definition of physics, by the way. Yeah. I mean, LL Cool J might as well have just cut his throat in that scene. That was the scene that tells us, oh, yeah, Michael Rappaport is about turn. to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hilarious like yeah. I just like oh dude stop talking I'm sorry okay you're so dead yeah. you're so dead yep yeah. <laughs> just lather it with barbecue sauce and then chum and go you'll be okay um apparently yeah there was an, a last minute addition to the menu of this movie Saffron Burroughs character was originally intended to survive the film but they wow. did test screenings of it and apparently the audience thought it was bullshit that she didn't get eaten by a shark since the whole thing was technically her, her fault. fault yeah so back they went <laughs> and, they and filmed. she gets fucking killed pretty hard wow yeah <laughs> and again i think it was a good good decision yeah like it was an unearned sacrifice that she did and uh i think at the time she thought she was going to be able to climb out of the water but the shark was just way too fast yeah and blah, blah, blah. yeah it, but again i wasn't like oh that sucks you yeah. know i was like that poor girl <laughs> <laughs> i was having too much fun shoveling popcorn into my face yeah. and laughing at the movie yeah yes yeah. so uh, I, I will say this, though. I kind of get the impression that in the original cut that LL Kill J did, I think, die. die because it really seems like he was sure eaten. He if was anything. in the mouth of the beast. And it was going to, like, he was done. And of course, he survives the movie. It's very biblical. I think it sort of feeds into this sort of theme of science is bad, faith is good. Okay. <laughs> right? He was in the mouth of the beast, but he had the light of Jesus on his uh, side. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know, man. Deep, like once again, I agree with you. Deep Blue Sea. It's a movie that I have seen way, way too many times, and will never get tired of watching it. Um, even that sequence that you know he even borrowed from one of his own movies. That you know the the the, the latter sequence that takes place in that long elevator shaft. Yeah, it is really well done, and you kind of feel that death when finally that. Uh, I I don't even know who, who the actor's name is. Uh, the Jacqueline McKenzie playing Janice Higgins, uh, and I've never seen her before, you know since in a lot of ways, and she's good. She's good in the movie, but again, it was one of those things. Once her character beats were done, yeah. she basically ran the walk and talk at the beginning of the movie with Sam Jackson. She's the exposition. Yeah, she's of, the exposition. Uh, of dialogue character. And she's the girlfriend of the scientist, so she's really upset when his arm gets bitten off. Yeah. Once we know the layout of the place, and yeah. her boyfriend is dead, and yeah. that 
She's run out of shit to do in the movie. She's yeah. sharp. <laughs> yeah, you know that her death is coming. <laughs> yes, In absolutely. fact, it, even with the, 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 when we see the elevator shaft, it only seems like it's her time. It's still well done. It's straight from Cliffhanger, but it's one of those, oh, for me. And we liked her. She was a yeah. likable character. And, yeah. You know, yeah. The movie needed those. Uh, it's, a, it's a strange place for me to be in because I usually wag my finger at such stupidity. But I have a lot of love for Deep Blue Sea. And uh, it's one of those things, like, I understand that people will just say, that movie is terrible. But sort of like when we reviewed Anaconda, this is in the so bad it's good category. Yep. And uh, of a so bad it's good movie, it's one of my favorite of that type. Yep. So if you haven't seen Deep Blue Sea, set your mind on stupid. Oh, Lord, set your mind on stupid. (laughs) Apologize to your brain and do some, like, smart brain exercises after. Yeah. Because this is candy and, like, rotten candy. Mr. Beckman, thank you so much for being with me for yet another episode of Ranking Review. Yeah. Is this the one? Are you going to win back your championship? Uh, I'm, Is I'm, today I, the day? I, I'm feeling good, but there's like one film that I'm worried about. It, 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 it'll be the wild card. I'll, I'll say this. Well, uh, I'm curious. What was your least favorite of these six sharks? <laughs> Do you want to be surprised? Let's hear it. Okay, number six, I have the. I can't believe this even made it past the pitch stage, pitch stage of, uh, and that is Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah, I was going to be cross with you if that wasn't on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, no, th- no, this, this, wow, <laughs> like just, just wow. Yeah, number six, Jaws the Revenge. Number five is the USS Indianapolis Men of Courage. Mm-hmm. Uh, just poorly conceived, uh, poorly executed, a lot of wrong choices. Um, but I will say once the tor- torpedo hits and the men fall in the water, there's it does get riveting. But it does feel like a slap in the face to what is really, really a well a terrifying story. And yet to really have a good movie of this made. Please, someone make make a good movie of this story. You will make lots of money. Uh, number four, I have The Open Water 3, and I can't believe this is a trilogy, but uh, um, once again, r- r- characters I didn't could give two hoots about, but once the actual terror starts to happen with the tidal wave uh, you know, and the sharks show up, it becomes sort of riveting watching. Um, so... I wouldn't recommend it per se, but it's not offensive, if you will. So I have that at number four. Number three, I have the incredibly stupid but fun The Meg. The Meg is is good. Uh, I agree it's not an amazing movie, but it made me smile quite a bit. So this is where I get worried. This is where I get worried because I kind of think like I'm going... I don't know whether you're thinking either your heart or your head, <laughs> because at number two, I have Deep Blue Sea. 
Deep Blue Sea is it and is it puts a smile on my face. I've seen this movie way, way too many times, and I think the script and the filmmakers knew they were making a completely done movie, and he tried hard. LL Cool J tried to sync this movie, but no, <laughs> Computer Sharks won out. <laughs> so I have number two is Deep Blue Sea, and then number one. I have The Shallows, a superior horror film where it's a great monster movie and it's beautifully shot, well acted. It is, you know, there's not a lot of meat on this bone. It's a short 80, 90 minutes movie. And um, I think The Shallows is impressive. So that is my list. I agree The Shallows is impressive. Get ready to be happy, Mr. Beck. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Fucking A! That's right! I want... I just Right here. Right here. But go. I, I honestly thought... I'm surprised. Yeah. Yes, you're taking the championship back. That's right, mother. I thought you were going to be screaming at me right now, saying, yeah. Deep Blue Sea's number one, motherfucker. <laughs> nah. <laughs> And I would have been sympathetic to a certain degree of yeah. that argument. We don't have to have the argument now. All right. Because it turns out I agree with you 100% on these movies. It's weird. We go through these long periods where no the the, the trophy doesn't change hands. And then, yeah. like, in the last couple of months, this is, like, the third time. It's fucking ridiculous. All right. Get so, uh, yeah. I'm going to go through it really quick just Get. because I like to do it. But, yeah. yeah. Jaws the Revenge. Meist all crydy. I mean, yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. Across the board, epically failing in everything you have to do. I mean, uh, I was mean with the lean actress, but like, uh, she's not a terrible actress, but she was she was fed a bad meal. But mm. you had Michael Caine, you had a budget, you were making a shark movie. You didn't have to reinvent the wheel. It could be dumb. It, yep. you have Jaws four. You have my fucking permission to yeah. be dumb. <laughs> this was terrible. Yeah, they it was. Terrible. Needed to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> just from just the sheer idea this of it. Is so terrible that yeah. I'm amazed it's not an Alan Smithy film. Like yeah. like I'm surprised that the that, that the director would answer any questions. You know? <laughs> he was like, hiding somewhere. I was going through a divorce. <laughs> yeah. And I had, I had a, a real bad cocaine problem. problem. Yeah. And all the money went to Coke. Okay. <laughs> I am sorry. But there's just no there's yeah. no getting around it. Yeah. Jaws the Revenge is awful and not hilariously awful and not entertainingly awful it is just fucking awful dead last yeah with no joy at all do I put USS Indianapolis Men of Courage in fifth place I've wanted this movie for a long time in fact that might be part of the reason I'm so disappointed in it and again, it hurts because you feel like it was well-intentioned. Yeah. It, it, it comes from a place of well-meaning and it's got a big heart. And that heart kills the movie. Yeah. Strange but true. Yeah. So, yeah, Indianapolis. Uh, open Water 3 Cage Dive. I think it's like 84 minutes, I want to say. Yeah. And there's about 15 minutes in there that are fucking terrifying. Yep. The rest is highly skippable, unfortunately. Yeah. And I hate having to say that because I like to defend found footage movies. Yep. But on a purely primal, there's something with teeth that's going to eat me in the darkness. Yep. It does have some very effective moments. I can't say otherwise. But I would be lying if I didn't say I was disappointed overall with it. So there we sit. Yep. Meg. 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 
Meg. Yep. Meg. Yep. It is big. It is dumb. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it ages. I mean, again. I would watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know how many times they can make a, a shark the size of a dinosaur jump and go boo. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, I would rather it turned into a, an even dumber, more visceral monster type of monster yeah. fight movie. But, I mean, it was a, a fun starting point, and yeah. we'll see if it makes a little franchise out of itself. Mm-hmm. I'll keep going with it, but I've, my expectations are lowered. Again, I was wanting it to be Deeply Sea, but Deeply Sea's number two. Yeah. It's a gloriously awful movie, and I love it. I yeah. love it. I love how bad it is. I yeah. love how awesome it is. It's over-the-top violence. It's not scared of its R rating. Yeah. It's okay with being dumb. It's okay with knowing that it's dumb. It's just like, we're having fun. Have fun with us. It has... And that's all the movie asks of you. And yeah. If you want to have fun, just go in with that mindset. If you If you try to do any kind of, like mental jousting with the movie yeah. at all it will fall apart in your fucking hands like, yeah. I promise you but I think if you go in set on dumb this movie is kind of amazing yep <laughs> but I could not it has two I of the best not. deaths I've ever seen I will say that I just could not put it at number one no, I know I, you really couldn't and I get it <laughs> I just couldn't get yeah. there yeah. much as I would have liked to yeah. like it would have been a subversive choice but yeah. The Shallows is amazingly executed yeah. it's genuinely scary and like I said the only hump to get over is that that shark's a straight up monster yeah. but it's scary yep. but once you buy into it being a monster you can buy into the rest of the movie like if it's a normal shark I think that the, the third act doesn't even really make sense but if it's just this crazed monster out to get her yeah no The Shallows is the best of these six movies yes congratulations current rank and review two time. champion two time f- welcome to the jungle gym my brother <laughs> thank you <laughs> Stay the fuck out of the ocean, kids. Yep. episode out of the way ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed that i hope you don't mind the we're going to finish out this episode with an open letter from lee beckman to a friend of the show jason dupre so uh if you listen to the 90s episode keep on listening and you'll be able to hear uh lee's critique of jason's selections it's interesting that he had only nasty things to say to jason and none to me i think he's trying to curry favor on the show i don't know as usual, I encourage you to send your feedback to review at gmail.com about this or any other show of Rankin Review. You can tell me your favorite shark movie, you can tell me the best and worst movies of the 90s, anything like that. And you're always helping me when you tell a friend to listen to the show. If you love Rankin Review, believe that Rankin Review loves you back.
We're here. We have some business to discuss, some important business to discuss. But before we do that, Mm -hmm. Lee has an open letter he would like to read to Mr. Jason Dubray. Yes. With reference to our 90s episodes, which aired last September. Yes. Uh, And uh, was, you know, I think well received for the most part. No, no, it was. I think my list was better than his. (laughs) And I'm sure he thinks his list was better than than mine but uh, yeah. uh, I'm sure our fans are desperate to know what you have to say so without further ado an open letter to Jason Dubray from former rank and review champion see, Lee Beckman see you're just like now just making me even angrier <laughs> alright <clears throat> uh, dear dudes otherwise known as Jason Dubray I am writing you this letter in regards to your 90s movie list I have known known and respected you and your movie knowledge for quite some time. Your love and passion for film is vast and detailed. I listened to your 90s uh, list with uh, bated breath. I also thought that your list was challenging and vastly different from Parsons, which is equally good as he needs to be challenged and just as I sometimes need to be challenged. I do, however, have two areas of, shall I say, deep concern Two entries on your list that give me dramatic pause on your selection. It wasn't your decision of not one, but two David Lynch films, as I support your endorsement of Lost Highway, although how you see Fire Walk With Me not as a vapid mess of a film is beyond me, but that's okay. (laughs) What gives me deep, deep troubling concern with two things is, one, I passionately feel that you have numerical dyslexia when the ranking of the Blair Witch Project. You had it at 25 instead of first place. <laughs> I, I just find this a gross misjudgment and a symptom of your illness. And that is okay. Numerica dyslexia is an illness that there is help for people like you. But the second thing that, that uh, causes me deep concern and where I agree with Larry uh, where I agree with Larry with his comment when did the weight of the world crush you crush your soul your omission of tremors on your list vexes me quite deeply how can you miss this beautiful and intoxicating pairing of Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward and I would you know for me I would pay good money just for them to read the phone book while defeating graboids (laughs) As well, the hilarious coupling of Reba McIntyre and Michael Gross are well worth the price of admission. How can you exclude a fine classic from your lift is baffling, baffling to me. I strongly suggest you reconsider your mission and look deep into your heart. To have The Exorcist 3, Mimic, Candyman, Misery, and Lost Highway above even tremors, I question your sanity, your heart, your very soul. May God have mercy on you. Signed sincerely, the Beckman, Tremors lover. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, I mean, thank you for having my back on that. I even understand. I ranked it all the way in second place, which yeah. is like crazy personal, but that's yeah. fine. Uh, I understand it not being as high as me, but yeah. honestly, not having it on the list. See, just like no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Although it, you know who I heard talk shit about Tremors? Oh, who are we beating up? Kevin Bacon. What? 
It's funny because he came back to shoot this pilot for yeah. a TV series they never made. But uh-huh. apparently at the time he was shooting Tremors, yeah. he was kind of embarrassed to be in an underground snake movie. Really? Which makes me believe even further that Kevin Bacon is an amazing actor because I felt joy in that performance. And apparently yeah. there wasn't much. <laughs> so, hey, he, he wasn't t- too proud to not come back. He couldn't have hated the results. But, I don't know. I think we should maybe pull our focus back though to yes, the, the I discussion just, of the day. Yeah, I just had to get that out of the way because mm-hmm. it was like because I you know did listen to the episode more than any human should possibly should. <laughs> but you just studied it like the Zabruda footage. <laughs> just a tad. It was just more of like what <laughs> this should have been me. This should not. Anyways. I kind of like the listing aspect of it. I'll no. Like when we run out of decades to do, I'll have to come up with other lists because it seems to be fun. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, it was you know what, Debray, I got nothing but mad love for you. Uh, I do, I do love the man. It's just like no.